Section 77 of The Expedition of Humphrey Clinker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Geeson. The Expedition of Humphrey Clinker by Tobias Smollett. Section 77. To Sir Watkin Phillips, Baronet, at Oxford. Dear Watt, every day is now big with incident and discovery. Young Mr. Dennison proves to be no other than that identical person whom I have execrated so long under the name of Wilson. He had eloped from college at Cambridge to avoid a match that he detested and acted in different parts of the country as a stroller until the lady in question made choice of a husband for herself then he returned to his father and disclosed his passion for liddy which met with the approbation of his parents though the father little imagined that mr bramble was his old companion matthew lloyd the young gentleman being empowered to make honourable proposals to my uncle and me, had been in search of us all over England, without effect, and he it was whom I had seen pass on horseback by the window of the inn where I stood with my sister, but he little dreamed that we were in the house. As for the real Mr. Wilson, whom I called forth to combat by mistake, he is the neighbour and intimate friend of old Mr. Dennison, and this connection had suggested to the son the idea of taking that name while he remained in obscurity. You may easily conceive what pleasure I must have felt on discovering that the honour of our family was in no danger from the conduct of a sister whom I love with uncommon affection that instead of debasing her sentiments and views to a wretched stroller she had really captivated the heart of a gentleman her equal in rank and superior in fortune and that as his parents approved of the attachment i was on the eve of acquiring a brother-in-law so worthy of my friendship and esteem George Dennison is, without all question, one of the most accomplished young fellows in England. His person is at once elegant and manly, and his understanding highly cultivated. Though his spirit is lofty, his heart is kind, and his manner so engaging as to command veneration and love, even from malice and indifference. When I weigh my own character with his, I am ashamed to find myself so light in the balance. But the comparison excites no envy. I propose him as a model for imitation. I have endeavoured to recommend myself to his friendship, and hope I have already found a place in his affection. I am, however, mortified to reflect what flagrant injustice we every day commit, and what absurd judgment we form, in viewing objects through the falsifying mediums of prejudice and passion. Had you asked me a few days ago the picture of Wilson the player, 
i should have drawn a portrait very unlike the real person and character of george dennison without all doubt the greatest advantage acquired in travelling and perusing mankind in the original is that of dispelling those shameful clouds that darken the faculties of the mind preventing it from judging with candour and precision the real wilson is a great original and the best-tempered companionable man i ever knew i question if ever he was angry or low-spirited in his life he makes no pretensions to letters but he is an adept in everything else that can be either useful or entertaining among other qualifications he is a complete sportsman and counted the best shot in the county he and dennison and lismahago and i attended by clinker went a-shooting yesterday and made a great havoc among the partridges to-morrow we shall take the field against the woodcocks and snipes in the evening we dance and sing or play at commerce loo and quadrille mr dennison is an elegant poet and has written some detached pieces on the subject of his passion for liddy which must be very flattering to the vanity of a young woman perhaps he is one of the greatest theatrical geniuses that ever appeared he sometimes entertains us with reciting favourite speeches from our best plays we are resolved to convert the great hall into a theatre and get up the bow's stratagem without delay i think i shall make no contemptible figure in the character of scrub and lismahago will be very great in captain gibbet wilson undertakes to entertain the country people with harlequin skeleton for which he has got a jacket ready painted with his own hand our society is really enchanting even the severity of lismahago relaxes and the vinegar of miss tabby is remarkably dulcified ever since it was agreed that she should take precedency of her niece in being first noosed for you must know the date is fixed for liddy's marriage and the banns for both couples have been already once published in the parish church the captain earnestly begged that one trouble might serve for all and tabitha assented with a vile affectation of reluctance her inamorato who came hither very slenderly equipped has sent for his baggage to london which in all probability will not arrive in time for the wedding but it is of no great consequence as everything is to be transacted with the utmost privacy meanwhile directions are given for making out the contracts of marriage which are very favourable for both females liddy will be secured in a good jointure and her aunt will remain mistress of her own fortune except one half of the interest which her husband shall have a right to enjoy for his natural life i think this as little in conscience as can be done for a man who yokes with such a partner for life these expectants seem to be so happy that if mr dennison had an agreeable daughter 
i believe i should be for making the third couple in this country dance the humour seems to be infectious for clinker alias lloyd has a month's mind to play the fool in the same fashion with mistress winifred jenkins he has even sounded me on the subject but i have given him no encouragement to prosecute this scheme i told him i thought he might do better as there was no engagement nor promise subsisting that i did not know what designs my uncle might have formed for his advantage but i was of opinion that he should not at present run the risk of disobliging him by any premature application of this nature honest humphrey protested he would suffer death sooner than do or say anything that should give offence to the squire but he owned he had a kindness for the young woman and had reason to think she looked upon him with a favourable eye that he considered this mutual manifestation of good-will as an engagement understood which ought to be binding to the conscience of an honest man and he hoped the squire and i would be of the same opinion when we should be at leisure to bestow any thought about the matter i believe he is in the right and we shall find time to take his case into consideration you see we are fixed for some weeks at least and as you have had a long respite i hope you will begin immediately to discharge the arrears due to your affectionate j melford october fourteenth end of section seventy seven